Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. As always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. And this week you've got myself and Brennan as we break down the opening weekends for Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Ma, and Rocketman. Breaking down this week's top five, we've got Godzilla, King of the Monsters, opening up to 49.025 million domestic, followed by Aladdin in its second week at 42.335 million domestic. Then Rocketman opens up the number three spot with 25 million domestic, followed by Ma at 18.26 million domestic, and John Wick Chapter 3 rounds out the top five at just a little over 11.1 million domestic. And so it's a pretty big week. You know, we had three fairly recognizable, fairly big movies opening up. Um, Godzilla opened up at number one, which I don't think was too big of a surprise. Um, Not many people really expected Rocketman or Ma to outperform Godzilla. Um, It actually came a lot closer to Aladdin than I thought it would have, but it still opened up at number one. Um, I know there's been kind of mixed reactions to how well it's performing. a lot of people have said 49 million is a little underwhelming um, for something that's not a superhero movie. That's still pretty impressive. Uh, when we actually get into talking about the movie, I don't have a lot of nice things to say, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> uh, well, I think that the $49 million is definitely not what they were looking for at all. Um, this opening weekend, I think that this is it, it's a number that they're definitely not going to be happy with. I mean, you go back to 2014, the first installment in this MonsterVerse, which now has three films, if you include Kong Skull Island, uh, or including Kong Skull Island. If you go back to the first uh, Godzilla in 2014, that movie made $93 million its opening weekend. Um, Now, I know this is a pretty competitive box office, and um, it, it was a pretty crowded weekend for the most part, but I think $49 million is a little bit under what they what they needed and what they wanted. I think they were definitely hoping um, a lot of projections had this film at, at the very lowest 50. So 49 is right there, but I think this is a film that many people would have probably expected to be a 55 to $65 million gross opening weekend, but I don't think it's too much of an issue. This film's already made its budget back in its first weekend. Um, it made 180 million worldwide this weekend. So with 180 million worldwide, they just passed their production budget, which which was 170 million, after some uh, uh, tax rebates back to them. So the, they're looking okay, but on a domestic front, I think that there's some cause for concern. Um, but worldwide, I think this film should be okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to be something massive. It's not going to be a Godzilla sized, but you know, it's it's not faring too poorly in terms of all the releases we've had this year um you know especially if you look at some of the smaller films like detective pikachu or uh, going back to shazam it's still pretty sizable compared to them but yeah it's it's not going to be a just a huge runaway success Um, yeah it's pretty interesting too just because um uh this year overall you're looking at this uh, studio Warner brothers in general, and they're having uh, most of their kind of uh, big releases this year have opened up around kind of that $50 million number. So that's, that's kind of just an interesting take also. 
Yeah, because this is their... So they had the Lego Movie 2, then they had Shazam, and now they're at Godzilla. Um, I think yeah, that's and also... Um, and uh, Pokemon as well. Yeah, and, and, and Pokemon. Um, so they, they don't have anything that's really runaway huge success just in the vein of Aquaman, but they do have quite a bit that's you know earning a fair share of money and just kind of chugging along at its own pace so i don't think they're you know they're not at a point like uh Lionsgate is or you know with something like hellboy but yeah you know they're moving along at their own speed yeah for sure i think probably the big thing about the 2014 godzilla was kind of just the hype of it kind of being uh something new um kind of a promised uh uh reinvention of of the past kind of righting the wrongs to the 1998 Godzilla. I think that was kind of the hype uh, that drove the 2014 film. I think a lot of that hype's gone by now for sure, but this is still making uh, decent money here domestically, pretty good overseas, so we'll, we'll see how it uh, fares in the weeks to come. Yeah, and I mean, I'm probably going to be pretty alone in this, but I really loathe this movie. Um, uh, I'm just so disappointed. <laughs> and I know, like, I don't know, I just feel like it, it promised a lot on doubling down on the Godzilla action because after the 2014 one, you know, Godzilla doesn't appear until about the hour mark. Um, and that was, that was a big complaint was, oh, you spent too much time with Brian Cranston and granted that was right on the tail end of breaking bad. So he had a lot of hype going into just him as a person at that point. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen right before they broke into Marvel. And so there were a lot of complaints that, you know, this is focusing too much on the human element and with King of the Monsters, they were really pitching it on, well, you know, it, like this is a monster movie. And I just don't feel like it delivered on that. I think it spent a lot of time just going over the, the human stuff. It was really poorly written. And there's probably like seven or eight main characters. And it's just kind of a choppy mess. And even the editing, I was really disappointed with the first two monster fights. I think if you're going for Godzilla, the final fight between Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah just delivers on all fronts. But I think the first two fights are just really poorly edited. Like there's a point where one of the main characters dies and it takes like two minutes and that person's picture to be shown on a screen with the words deceased written across it for that point to really come across because it's just really choppy with all these lightning and white screen effects and i don't know i i have a lot of problems with this movie <laughs> uh you know what i'm a big fan of the property and i i was disappointed um uh with, with a few things as well i think also i think there's so much throwaway dialogue in this film that a lot of people uh, when they're watching a film can ignore for me i couldn't a lot of the jokes just really took me out of it um I don't 100% agree with all the fights. I think that this film's pretty overwhelming when you watch it. Like, there's a lot of in-your-face action that that may not work at all times. But I think there were some pretty um, kick-ass scenes for sure. Um, I would watch it again, definitely, just because I am a fan of the property and just because I, I enjoy watching those um, those fights. But maybe I'd watch it in the form of scene selection because the just the character, uh, the, the human aspects, as you said, they're just so many scenes are just really throwaway and and they're not they're not well done at all and i I think they while while this film definitely gave you a lot more in terms of action and in terms of godzilla uh than than the last installment i think it it really um it really lost a lot of the tone that made the 2014 went good in my opinion i think the tone in that film was really good 
And I think that they, they in the 2014 film, they kept pretty good intensity throughout and decent buildup, decent enough buildup. I think this film really threw away a lot of that tone and uh, kind of added in a lot of the cheesy um, cheesiness of, of a summer blockbuster, which, which can work, but I think at times it didn't. Uh, I didn't dislike it as much as you. I did enjoy the film for what it was, but I'm a little bit, a little bit disappointed. But I was, uh, I was fairly entertained, but a little bit disappointed for sure. Yeah, and I, I think I'm kind of the extreme in this scenario, and I think part of that just stems from, you know, I haven't just been a huge Godzilla fan. Um, you know, I watched some of the old VHSs when I was a kid, but you know, it was never really my thing. And so I, I think I do carry some of that into it. But yeah, I, I have a lot of problems with this movie um, as itself. As a big Charles Dance fan, I feel like he was really wasted. And I, I don't understand his character at all. Like, <laughs> um, at some points in the movie, he's an eco-terrorist. At some points, he's just trying to make money. But then he's an eco-terrorist again. But he's also still trying to make money again. And he's just all over the place. Um, and I, yeah, I did really enjoy uh, Bradley Whitford's character. He just pops in every couple of minutes with a nice one-liner and really lightens the mood, which I think this movie needed a lot. So props to that guy. Um, you know, continuing off of his success from Get Out as a uh, super racist, now he's the tension breaker. So he's really, really making waves there. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll move into number two this weekend. Uh, Aladdin held on in the number two spot, uh, made $42.3 million, uh, only took a 53%, a 53.7% drop from last weekend. I think this is a very, very good sign for this film. It's already after just two weeks, uh, two weekends up to $445 million worldwide. So, um, I think that Disney is quite happy. There's another big hit on their hands. I was guessing 500 to 600. I think this film is easily going to surpass probably $600 million by the end of its run. Yeah, it's a, nobody really knew where to put this movie um, performance-wise before it came out. And it was something that nobody really would have been surprised if it flopped. Nobody really would have been surprised if it was a huge success. And it's it's performing pretty well. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the movie itself last week, but to still hold on to the number two spot when you have some pretty big movies in terms of Rocket Man and Ma coming out, as well as Godzilla, which, you know, pretty good chunk of the Godzilla audience is going to be the same couple of people going to go see Aladdin. You know, it's kind of the next summer action adventure blockbuster this year. And so the fact that it's still held on at number two and with such a narrow margin between Aladdin and Godzilla is pretty impressive. So I, you know, Dis Disney's happy with this. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that, um, this weekend, uh, just seeing how, how everything played out with Rocketman, Ma, Aladdin, and uh, the Godzilla sequel, um, seeing how all that played out, I think that last weekend was the genius release um, release date for this film because you have the Memorial Day bump last weekend. The movie made great money. Um, and, and this weekend, you look at the box office, and there isn't really a new family film. You have three pretty diverse movies. You have kind of a, a drama musical biopic in Rocket Man. You have kind of a uh kind of a um uh dark uh humorous um horror in Ma which is which garnered a lot of buzz online um <laughs> kind of driving into its release and then you have Godzilla King of the Monsters which is um, its own action monster movie, which isn't really a, a family movie, in my opinion. And Aladdin 
kind of kind of holds that position as the family choice movie of the weekend and that's uh, why it makes good money in its second weekend i think it was definitely the perfect perfect uh, time to release this film now next weekend we'll see secret life of pets 2 so we'll see kind of how things play out uh, also dark phoenix next weekend that that's a pretty we'll see how that goes that's another film that i don't know where to place that either um but we'll see what happens but this was a pretty smart release by disney and it's kind of proving to be a successful yet another success for this for this uh, monopoly yeah you know they've been a little bit hit and miss with the disney remakes you know it's it's something that when they really started this in 2010 uh alice in wonderland opened up to over a billion which nobody really expected and then they had maleficent they did cinderella and it fizzled a little bit money wise but then again jungle book came in 2016 and just quietly made its billion and kind of re reinfused the franchise and so you know this year alone we have four disney remakes um between dumbo aladdin lion king comes out here pretty soon and then maleficent uh mistress of evil the maleficent sequel comes out at the end of the year so disney is putting a lot of effort into these and at least in the case of aladdin it's paying off pretty well mm-hmm um, so following Aladdin in the number three spot is Rocket Man. The Elton John biopic opened up at 25 million, which is pretty solid. You know, it's not pulling Bohemian numbers yet. You know, <laughs> Bohemian got pretty close to a billion. I think it's hovering a little bit around 900 million at this point. Um, but Bohemian opened up to 25 million on an estimated 40 million dollar budget, and that's just 25 million domestic. You know, I don't really know how grand the legs of this movie will be in the foreign markets overall outside of England. You know, England isn't just a massive box office. You know, it makes a decent chunk of the world. But, you know, really, unless you can land in like China, um, you know, Japan, depending on the, the point in the year, um, you, you really aren't sure with a movie like this. But if it does have Bohemian Rhapsodies, uh, legs it will continue quite a while 25 million for a biopic is pretty impressive nonetheless i loved this movie um i know nick saw this movie and i believe he really enjoyed it as well and i'm not sure what your opinions were on it yeah i, I definitely enjoyed this movie a lot i think that it was a really fresh um look into into kind of a in, in kind of a story story like this i mean usually uh, when you do have a, a film of this nature, it, it's a drama. It's a serious drama. Uh, for the most part, it's a character study, right? But this film is a lot more fresh than that, in my opinion. And I like that they went the musical route. I think that it it, it could have been a risk, but I think it paid off. Um, but kind of speaking in terms of uh, dollars, dollar signs, I think that this film uh, did well. $25 million in your first weekend for, we have to know this, it's an R-rated movie. So um, that that's big. It was ne- It was never going to be uh, I think Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of uh, opening weekend and overall gross just because of that R rating. Um, so I think that changes things a little bit, but I think that uh, the film, the film's definitely going to be doing, doing, doing good, good numbers overall. Um, and, and yeah, as you said, Asia is, is going to be huge because uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was able to surpass a hundred million dollars in Japan. Um, and it was able to make just a little under $75 million in South Korea. So the Asian markets could be quite uh, big for Rocketman. They could be re- quite um, uh, important for this film to do well. But I think uh, on a budget of $40 million, this is going to be a hit for sure. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, $25 million is impressive for a movie that's, you know, this small in terms of kind of its mass appeal. You know, when you think of large openings in the summer, you don't really think of biopics. You think of superheroes and dinosaurs and, you know, monsters and that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, so for Godzilla to, or Godzilla, um, for Rocketman to open at $25 million is still pretty impressive, especially in so crowded a week. And with it being a rated R movie, I, again, loved this movie. I thought they really got into kind of the nitty-gritty of Elton John's defects going through through his career, which I feel like they didn't really hit as well in Bohemian Rhapsody. And I, again, kind of like what you said, really enjoy the way they framed the movie around the music. So you kind of got to look at his life through each stage where he was writing each song. And yeah, they cover all his hits, but they also get into some deep stuff, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was a great, great movie in general and a great tribute to Elton John himself. Oh, for sure. And I think we got to also point out a great performance from uh, the lead there, Taron Edgerton. He's he's terrific in this film. And uh, this is a performance that we definitely have to look out for as the year goes on. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's a little early to try and speculate oscar wise but i will not at all be surprised if he gets some pretty big recognition for that um, yeah because he just did a phenomenal job yeah he'll and, definitely be you know, in the conversation i i think especially looking at a lot of the buzz bohemian rhapsody created last year with rami malik well you know they didn't necessarily take the the attention to detail with the concerts and everything as bohemian rhapsody was really noted for i think edgerton just really brought elton to life you know as well as elton john could and so i i will not be surprised to see uh several nods to at least taron edgerton and and probably rocket man in total i mean if if bohemian gets a nomination there's no way rocket man doesn't yeah i I can definitely uh see that for sure um but you know it could be another green book year but but worry about that next february so (laughs) Uh, moving on to kind of a uh, sleeper hit of the summer uh, at this point is Ma opening up at $18.26 million. This is the Octavia Spencer horror film that has become a meme, and I think that's carried it a lot of the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, on a $5 million budget, this opened up to over $18 million domestic, and I mean, that alone is pretty impressive. Worldwide, it hasn't done just a ton of of, of money yet. Um, I'm not sure if it's completely opened yet. I'd have to look into that a little bit more, and I'm not seeing many estimates on that. But, you know, it's it's still made back its production budget in the first weekend. For a horror movie, this is, is pretty solid. Yeah, 100%. I think that throughout the year, we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, horror films that, um, make back pretty much just their budget in their opening weekend. Um, they pretty much uh, their opening weekend uh, total is pretty much what their budget is. This film was able uh, able able to triple uh, pretty much their production budget in its opening weekend. So I think they're definitely um, definitely happy. I think that this is a film that I don't know what kind of legs this movie is going to have, but it definitely was was helped out by a lot of the uh, the meme the memes because <laughs> this is a movie that. I know that that's kind of one of the reasons I was excited to see it, just because of 
that buzz surrounding it. Um, it looks it looked pretty outrageous uh, from the very first trailer I ever saw of it. So I, I was always kind of I always kind of had this on my radar as something that might be a a fun and interesting watch. And I did watch it. I'm not gonna I don't want to discuss it because I know he haven't you haven't seen it yet. So I'm gonna leave that uh, for your enjoyment. Um, but I will I will say that uh, the film is gonna do well and and with 21 million dollars worldwide in its first weekend on a $5 million production budget, they're, they're making money. And this is another Blumhouse hit, uh, low, low production budget, horror film, drive the marketing, make back the money. I mean, it's, it's just such a smart method and they're going to keep doing this for years and years to come. This is a production company, um, that, that is just going to continue to, to see profits because they have such a smart model, um, of just, just having a, a low, low production budget, uh, horror film that kind of, gets a little bit of buzz leading up to it. They make their money back opening weekend and then they just uh, make make a bonus money from there on out. This is a pretty uh, good example of that. Yeah, and it's a nice turn for Octavia Spencer. You know, if she she doesn't do horror, you know, she's, she's not a go-to horror actress. And so I'm excited to see her kind of take that turn. You know, after seeing the help where she, you know, feeds everybody the, uh, the poop, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> too surprised that I, I'm not going to be too shocked to see her in this kind of role. Um, just because, you know, it does gr- granted, these are two very different movies. Um, but, but that scene alone kind of translates enough for me <laughs> into mm-hmm. my confidence in her ability to play this, this kind of role. Um, and yeah, you know, the memes, once you have a good meme going, it's hard to ignore something like this. <laughs> For uh, sure. But yeah, it opens up at a good time where, you know, Brightburn wasn't just a huge success. And so it doesn't really have heavy competition. Um, you know, it's coming pretty far after Pet Cemetery. Of course, Us was, you know, three months ago at this point. Um, so it came at a, at a pretty good time as well. Yeah. And then rounding out the top five, uh, refusing to retire yet again is John Wick with John Wick Chapter 3. Uh, opening this weekend to a net, well, not opening, but continuing this weekend to a nice $11.1 million hole. Um, John Wick is still going strong. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, we talked last week, it's already surpassed the worldwide gross for John Wick 2. They've already greenlit John Wick 4. Uh, Keanu Reeves is not going away anytime soon. <laughs> no, for sure. This is a film that is uh, is proving to be a massive hit. Uh, Two hundred and twenty million dollars uh, worldwide. That that's huge for an R-rated action movie. Um, I think that just proves that 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 the growth is there in every single film in this franchise so far. Out of the three, you've seen massive, massive growth in between. Uh, the first one to the second one saw saw a ton of growth, and now we're seeing even more growth with the second to third film. And I don't know how much longer this movie's going to stick around, but it's looking like it's 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 going to uh, probably play out into the next couple weeks, into early June. Still make a little bit of cash here and there. This is a movie that is is definitely a huge hit. And uh, we'll see if they can build on that in chapter four. I, I don't know if they can be it, it's way too, way too early to tell. Um, but this is, this is pretty good, pretty good dollars for a film of this nature. Yeah. And you know, John Wick is one of those things that has continued to grow. And so we will no doubt see its peak at some point. It's just a matter of 
like how how big can this become um and it has grown exponentially uh, so far so it i i will not be surprised if john wick 4 gets even bigger i won't be surprised if it hovers around the same point um john john wick is just a wonderful franchise and i'm excited to see it continue on yeah it's quite a quite a unique thing and for sure i'm i'm pretty uh pretty interested to see to see where they go from here yeah so that kind of wraps up the top 5 for this week and you know it's a pretty competitive week. Next weekend we'll have uh, the final X-Men film. Well, sort of the final. Depends if uh, New Mutants ever actually gets released or is just <laughs> continually uh, pushed back, which at this point it's been pushed back uh, over two years. I think almost three years. Um, like it has been pushed back a lot. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Dark Phoenix is the last X-Men movie we're getting. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch this is another one where people don't really know what box to put it in you know x-men apocalypse didn't receive the the best (laughs) respect from the audience uh the the x-men franchise itself has always had its its ups and downs and especially now that marvel has purchased 20th century fox and has made it pretty clear that they're doing their own thing it'll be really interesting to see how dark phoenix really pans out yeah, I mean, this could go many different ways. I think that, yeah, the Marvel has, uh, or Disney has bought 20th Century Fox. The MCU is going to group in the X-Men at some point. I think that they're going to reboot everything. I, I don't, I'm not sure what they've said, um, uh, what their plans are. I'm, I'm sure they haven't released everything, but I think that this is probably going to be the last uh, X-Men uh, film for this kind of core group that we've been following the last few films. Um, and it's kind of a shame that it comes to this because this is a film that has had a lot of uh, poor um, uh, buzz surrounding kind of things that have gone on behind the scenes. It's a film that it, it's it, people are people are nervous to see what happens here because this this thing could bomb. But say it does great. Say it say it's somehow a massive success. Uh, what do they do? What do they do if if it is a huge success? Um, I don't know. I have no idea. But I think that this film is just going to perform fine i think it's going to do all right and then i think they're gonna i think disney's just gonna kind of um uh rinse it away and then start anew yeah they've you know bob Iger and kevin feige in particular have talked about how they they don't really have a vision for fox's x-men outside of deadpool um and i i just don't see this meshing well they're at a decent end point you know, it, it was kind of a surprise when they announced Dark Phoenix because at first Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy were pretty adamant against, or at least hesitant against, in the case of McAvoy, of returning for a fourth X-Men prequel. And then it got greenlit, and then Disney announced they were buying Fox, and it's kind of gotten shuffled around. So this was originally supposed to be released last November, and then it was pushed to February. And now it was pushed to June. So unless they push it back again, it's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i fully confident this will be the end of the X-Men. Hopefully they give them a nice send-off. This is uh, Simon Kinberg's first time behind the director's chair. He's produced uh, most of them for the past, at least this trilogy. And I think he was pretty heavily involved in uh, Brian Singer 
his, his original two films as well. And so, you know, I, I have high hopes for it. I, I don't really know if it'll turn out the best because, as you said, there's been a lot of negative reaction to, you know, this film ever since it was announced really um so we'll see how that pans out yeah it'd be cool if it uh was kind of a surprise hit um or or it turned out to be great but i think that this is a film that we really don't know and i think there are a few things to point out here i I believe that um kevin feige and i and people uh behind the mcu have said that they're not going to use uh bringing the x-men so to speak for i believe it was five years uh i think i heard that number somewhere i don't know if i'm 100 percent correct um but if that's so i think that that gives them a good amount of time to kind of have a buffer period between the uh x-men now who are soon to be the x-men of the past and uh the x-men of of new which we'll see in in several years to come i also know that they apparently reshot the ending of this film because it was too similar to another superhero movie i believe i heard that and i think that um that's interesting because I don't know if they're telling the 100% truth there. Maybe they wanted to kind of uh, reshoot it to bring a little bit more finality to, to the picture. Yeah, and I think the timing of the reshoots kind of lends credit to that idea, uh, especially because once the Disney purchase was announced, uh, you had a good three to six months until it was kind of finalized, and it became more of, oh, Disney's trying to buy Fox or less of Disney's trying to buy Fox and oh Disney has bought Fox and at that point was when they started really heavily shuffling a lot of Fox's assets uh, New Mutants got pushed back and reshot pretty much the entire movie and then Dark Phoenix was pushed back and reshot and then pushed back and reshot and so yeah I would expect to see a lot more finality to it as you said mm-hmm. um, at least I'd hope to see a lot more of that because it, it is you know this the X-Men franchise started in 2000 um, this has not always been at the forefront of superhero movies, specifically, you know, from the uh, first Wolverine solo movie to the second Wolverine solo movie. <laughs> and then they uh, finally got some attention again with Days of Future Past and with uh, Logan here a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this has been around. Um, X-Men is part of the reason why we got Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Um, it's much as it's painful to say it's the reason why we got daredevil and fantastic four way back in the early 2000s and it it did a lot to pave a way for the mcu so it's interesting to see it kind of die off so it can fold into the mcu yeah it's it's quite interesting for sure um uh, i also want to kind of put a little bit of a uh idea out there i think that uh Dark Phoenix may open up to number two next weekend. I think Secret Life of Pets 2 actually does have a very real chance of opening up to number one. And, and reasons being, the first film uh, opened up to $104 million. You heard that right. Secret Life of Pets opened up to $104 million domestically uh, when, when it came out a couple of years back. So I think that even if this film opens up to half that, that's $52 million. And uh, that's not too bad. Also, Secret Life of Pets 2 is opening up in 900 more theaters than Dark Phoenix. And uh, ever since kind of Days of Future Past, excluding Logan and uh, the Deadpool films, uh, the franchise has been kind of dipping. I mean, Apocalypse opened up to $65 million. 
Um, I don't know if Dark Phoenix can emulate those numbers, uh, but I think it's a very real possibility that Secret Life of Pets 2 wins the weekend uh, next weekend. Yeah, I think that's a very real possibility. Um, Secret Life of Pets was kind of a breakaway hit, and Secret Life of Pets 2 has quite a bit of hype around it. Um, they've been marketing it pretty well since last summer. Um, mm-hmm. And so there, there's definitely a market for it. You know, it doesn't have any strong competition at the moment in terms of animated kids' movies. Um, you know, Ugly Dolls was not competition <laughs> at all. That's, that's kind of gone. Aladdin is in week three, so you're not really facing any direct competition. Um, and so it has a nice little area to really come in and sweep the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. What, what do you think? Let's uh, before we uh, send it off. Uh, what, what's your pick for uh, number one, number two next weekend? I, honestly, I think I think I'm going to agree with Secret Life of Pets taking number one. I just I don't see Dark Phoenix really pulling strong numbers. Um, like the the X Men franchise has always been pretty hit and miss just in terms of box office performance and especially in the wake of the Disney purchase and the reshoots and kind of all the negative coverage that Dark Phoenix and New Mutants have gotten over the past year and a half. I just don't see this movie really performing other than for people that are just kind of committed to see every Marvel movie. Um, You know, I'll be there Thursday night. I don't expect it to be sold out. Okay. Well, that's the way it is. Um, so obviously a dog's journey, number one spot, and then everything else behind that. <laughs> it's going to be number one every weekend from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of sums it up for this week. And then next week, again, we'll talk about Secret Life of Pets 2 and Dark Phoenix, as well as seeing which movies hold on to the top five. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. As always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com and join us next week as we break down the opening weekend for X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and The Secret Life of Pets 2. 